right, thanks everybody for tuning into the short thing here on October 20th. It is Tuesday, Warren Shore here with Ryan Silva. Lots to talk about today. We'll talk about the Cowboys game last night and where they look to go going forward. Lots to talk about there and around the NFL, all the good stuff that happened over in the sports weekend. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the iHeartRadio app, as well as on Twitter. At the short thing, check out all of our old shows. We'll be back on Thursday for picks this week. We both went four and one in the NFL. We did. So, good picks there. I don't know how you did college wise. Uh, Not as great. Okay, I went four and five. Uh, that Kansas uh, last touchdown killed my uh, West Virginia in a winning week. I also went four and five. Oh wow, you were right on. We were right on that. And I know in the NFL we had three of the same games, so I yeah. was, that was a worry. That was a worry for both of us. Two and one in those games, correct? Two and one in those games. Yep. Two and one in those games. Uh, two and one in those games. But uh, yeah, so not bad uh, there. But uh, Ryan, I think you took a little uh, trip this weekend to Austin, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Uh, How was that? Little, that was good. Went to uh, my cousin's wedding. Um, it was a cousin that I like grew up with. She's like my little sister. Uh, so yeah, we went. We went down there. Went down there Friday afternoonish, or actually Friday morning. Because uh, we had to make the good old stop in uh, Waco for some tacos at Fuego. Uh, that's always a, that's always a, a must. Typical Aggie move. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so we had to make that stop, and then uh, so yeah, we just got in town, hung out, went to the wedding on Saturday. It was a good time. Hung out Sunday with uh, with my grandma and my uncle, so they could see uh, the baby for a little bit longer. Watch the Redskins game or the Washington game, and then uh, we were on the road. I think usually people when they say you have to make this. Stop down there. They think of uh, the check stop in West, not at Fuego uh, in Waco, but hence uh, living with an Aggie. Yeah, you know, I, you know what I, I kind of prefer. It. I'm a, more of a taco guy myself than I am a, a kalachi guy. So I've never stopped in West all really? the times I've driven down there. I think I've stopped once. And I mean, it's, it's, it's a kalachi. Nothing First crazy. of all, I don't want to wait in the line. I just want to get where I'm going. Sorry, hate to, hate to break it to everybody. When I'm on the road, don't really like to stop a lot. Yeah. Don't care how good they are. Um, you always got to make sure when you do stop, you stop on the right side of the road. <laughs> yes. Well, yes, not overnight, but yes, when you, you stop on the right side of the road when you are, uh, when you, uh, when you are driving. Totally makes uh, sense there. But, yeah, that sounds like uh, a good time there. All right, the game last night. Lots to talk about. The Cowboys are losers. 38 to 10. Uh, and I'll tell you what, I didn't think Kyler Murray played well at all. Well, because he, he didn't. Yeah, he was. Like, that's the alarming thing if you want to start off of a 38 to 10 loss and Kyler Murray, like, completing nine passes. He was not, uh, he was not good yesterday. And one of them, you know, was the little forward shovel pass. Yes, for a touchdown. Correct. Yeah. So really only completed eight passes. Um, Arizona is an interesting team. We could talk about them later, but the Cowboys once again turn the ball over, and that is their undoing. As Zeke has two fumbles that lead to uh, two touchdowns, and that's kind of been the theme. Now he's got five fumbles in the last five games. So I went back and looked at um, the hold all the drive charts for the Cowboys games this season, and because we've always said, oh, they've got back to a bad. They've gotten off to bad starts. Like, what is it? This last night was the fourth game that in the first half, the Cowboys have gone fumble. The, the Cowboys, and this is what the opponent has done. The Cowboys fumble. The opponent scores a touchdown. The Cowboys get the ball back. They fumble, and then the opponent scores another touchdown. All of those... In Atlanta, it happened midway through the first quarter. It was 0-0. They're down 14-0. Seattle, game had happened next. It was 16-15. This happened at the end of the uh, first half where they were back through an interception. They scored a touchdown. First drive out of the second half, they fumble. Seattle scored a touchdown. It's 30-15. Yep. This happened in the Cleveland game in the start of the second quarter. It was tied at 14 and then it was 28-14 Browns. Yeah. And then last night, 0-0, midway through the first quarter. Arizona starts this trend, or starts it again, and then they're up 14-0. So in four games, one of them they did come back to win, 
but they've spotted the other teams 14 points pretty much, and it's been just unable to overcome. Yeah, I mean, with the, we mentioned it before. When your defense is that bad, you can't be putting them on the field more times than they need to be. Uh, and, you know, your offense has to score, has to play a darn near perfect game in order to give themselves a chance. And when you're turning it over that many times, not even that many times, I mean, that too, but like back to back, you know what I mean? Like so quickly, it's it's really going to hamper uh, any kind of offensive flow that you're trying to get. And like I said, it's going to keep that terrible defense on the field even longer. And they're just going to continue to get gashed. Well, also like they're turning it over in their own territory. Or yeah, like short fields. Field. Yeah. So it's yeah. a short field. So the, the defense doesn't even, even if they have a prayer of getting a stop. And I'll tell you what, the defense forced three punts in a row on the, on Arizona in the first, like they were playing pretty solid those first three drives. And then Zeke fumbles it. And then it's like the defense forgot how to play. So they're giving up short fields and off they go off, off the, uh, off the defense goes. So it's just turning the ball over. And with your star out in deck, you're like, all right. So we talked about this last week with Andy Dalton. I went back and listened. I, to both weeks, I think I was a little tapping the brakes more on Andy Dalton than you were. Um, but you need um, Zeke to perform to the $94 million guy that he has. And he was just awful. Like everybody wants to run the ball more, but if you're getting that performance out of Zeke, you can't like he got benched last night and deservedly. So after those two fumbles, Tony Pollard came in and was whatever, fine, but you can't have that from the guy that you picked to give a contract over, over your quarterback and say, Hey, he's our guy for the future at running back. And he just looks uninterested. He looks tired as hell out there. And he's not good at football right now. And you know what's been brought up? I don't know if this is total speculation, but he did have the Rona. And the Rona does um, affect people in different ways. And people are wondering if he doesn't have, if he's, if his uh, stamina is hurting from the Rona. And I'll send you a video that was tweeted out by someone on Twitter of him after the first uh, turnover just looked like heavily breathing like you've never seen him uh breathe before like i think it's a legitimate uh discussion of maybe the rona is having a effect on zeke yeah i mean i wouldn't expect that to you know i don't think that's <clears throat> out of uh you know I, I think that that's rightfully kind of being speculated he, like you said it affects other people certain ways but uh you know, so I, it wouldn't surprise me if it is affecting him in some way. But I, even more so, the the stamina. It's just the the lack of ball security, and a lot of his fumbles too have been. It's not even guys trying to strip the ball. It's just like glancing blows and knocks that ball out. I don't know, if, like you said, if he looks uninterested. He might have been a little checked out. Who knows? Um, you know, when a team's playing poorly, sometimes it's hard for guys to get up and go. Uh, I know, I know they're professionals. I know this guy's making a ton of money. And so you'd expect him to, to be able to get up and go whenever the, you know, whenever the call of duty comes. But it is strange how he has caught a bad case of the fumbleitis. Um, you know, that offensive line not being very good doesn't help his, his you know, rushing ability. I mean, there's no doubt that, I, that everybody knows Zeke is good. Um, he's a good running back. But that offensive line gave him a lot more opportunities than I think what he's uh, seeing now. And so that you know, a lot of people are going to be quick to blame him again, rightfully so, just like you said, rightfully so he got benched because he is coughing up the ball the way he is. Um, but you know, there's a lot of other factors going into it, but uh, yeah, Zeke does need to take a good, good look, a uh, good long look in the mirror at himself and, and try to figure out what the hell's going on here. Cause I know the defense ain't, ain't doing anything, but she, he sure as hell isn't helping anybody either by, uh, by turning the ball over twice a game. It seems like every week. Yeah. So in the losses this year, Zeke, has had uh listen to these numbers he has been he has been bad in the losses okay the first game of the season he was 22 rushes for 96 yards not bad but after that against seattle 14 attempts for 34 yards the browns 12 attempts for 54 yards and then last night 12 attempts for 49 yards so he's been an effective and yes, game circumstances on both of those, but still, he's been ineffective 
in those kind of those couple of games when uh, they've they've gone to. And last night, I mean, it's just you can't have Andy Dalton throw fifty three times because he's not good. And then the offensive line suffers another blow with Zach Martin going out to uh, concussion. So now you have one starter on the offensive line in there. You're starting an undrafted rookie at right tackle, Terrence Steele. Connor McGovern comes in. He's pretty much playing his first game ever the third round pick from Penn State you got the rookie center in there and then you got uh, Brandon Knight who's played like two games before I mean there's just it's a I, I thought this last night that's a preseason second half offensive line they had out there last night like that's what, they're, that's what they're rolling out now in games and I I play Washington next week you gotta think Washington's gonna get like seven or eight sacks against those guys they got they stand no chance against that defensive front but it's just they need their stars to perform and the stars aren't performing with with back out and i don't even know i mean the, the whole thing about this team is where do they go forward can they win the division i don't know i thought they could before now after last night i'm not positive and like shoot they might win they might need to win five games to win the division or six games i think six and ten is going to win the nfc east the way it's looking right now, yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, you got to assume uh, that these teams are probably going to beat up on each other a little bit more themselves as well. You know, the way the Giants beat Washington, Washington beat the Eagles, um, you know, things like that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility at all. Six and ten, seven and nine for sure, I think, is what uh, will oh, win. Oh, seven it. and nine, I think you're you're not you're winning it by two games. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not pretty right now, but – yeah, I mean, I was definitely a little bit higher on Andy Dalton. I thought he was going to have a little bit better performance, especially with, uh, you know, the Cardinals' defense isn't fantastic. They were out Chandler Jones, you know, one of their top uh, top defenders. So I thought I thought he was going to be a little bit better, but he just absolutely wasn't. I mean, he, he was chucking the ball a ton, uh, missed a couple throws. I think they needed to get CeeDee Lamb involved a little bit more. I mean, I, I know they tried. They were trying to spread the ball around, but it's just – Nothing was working, and uh, well, you Gallup know, dropped that touchdown. That was a yeah, big one. yeah, that was a wide open touchdown. Um, but like you said, when you're when you force three punts to start the game for that Cowboys defense, I mean, you absolutely have got to come up, up, away with with something. Whether it's six points, whether it's seven points, whether it's ten points, I mean, something. You have got to come away with points there if you're forcing three punts because. Those might be all the only three stops you see all game from that defense. You know what I mean? So it's uh, he, they they did a poor job there. I mean, I think again, I said this last week. I don't know if Mike McCarthy's the guy, man. I just don't know. I mean, I know give him give him a, give him a year or two to get his system, you know, instilled and get some of his guys in there. But I mean, you have superstars. I mean, you have Amari Cooper. You had Dak. C.D. Lamb looks like he's gonna be a budding superstar. Michael Gallup's not a bad. Uh, you know, third wide receiver, number two wide receiver. Like you have some guys on offense, and that was like his biggest deal was was McCarthy coming in and, and you know turning this offense into something similar that he saw. Excuse me, that we saw with Green Bay. So I mean, I just I, I, I mean, just don't know. But the offense hasn't been the problem all year, though. True, that's a good like, point. You're you're right. You're right. It, that like, is, they have turned it over a lot, and you could say that is the that is like the problem of them getting behind, but. I don't think when you look at this team, when Dak was healthy, you were saying like, wow, this offense is, is. But issue. at the same time, playing devil's advocate, I mean, how much of that was just being down early in all those games? Like we haven't seen them play like a close game. I guess you could say week one against the Rams, they played a, a decently close game. I think it was what, 2017 or something like yeah. that. But, but like for them to, to, to be in a close game where it's either a shootout or, you know, it's going to come down to one play and not them playing oh. from behind. I'd say the Seattle game was pretty close because Seattle scored that yeah, late, true. 38 yeah. to 31. Like they, they did get down 14, but they fought back. It was early enough in the third quarter where they were, they were able to come back and they were. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right there. Down a touchdown, one score at the half. So it's not like the, but see, that's the thing about the uh, McCarthy. Like now to judge him as a coach, it's like you have to judge him based on like what he did with Dak. And then what is he going to do with Andy Dalton? Mm-hmm. And like Andy, like I thought you got to maybe try and get some screens going more like Dalton Schultz, tight end screens, get some screens to lamb. He loves the, the screen to Zeke running those, but like get other guys involved there. Like that's the thing. It's going to be interesting how he works his game plan going forward without, I mean, without the main quarterback in there. And like, I mean, this, 
if anything, doesn't doesn't them going forward show you like how much they need Dak? If people saying like, oh, like Andy Dalton, he's just as good as Dak, or he's just a step below, we'll we'll be fine. Uh, last night did not look like uh, that. Looked like a quarterback that was seeing his first read, it wasn't there, and checking down to the running back. Yeah, like that's what you got, and that is not the strength of the team. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, yeah, I agree about the the screen game because I mean, what does the screen game do? It neutralizes the rush a little bit, gives you a little bit, uh, you know, keeps that keeps that defense on their toes a little bit, so that you know, with that porous offensive line, give yourself a little chance to work with. You know what I mean? Uh, make sure that you know they 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 have to hold steady to that and make sure that you know they're not giving up a big play with the screen. Well, then now that gives your quarterback a little bit more time. That maybe gives your running back, uh, you know, uh, maybe an extra hole. Uh, you know, while they're neutralizing the blitz there. So I, I agree. I think game planning needs to be a little bit better. I think in-game adjustments needs to be better for Mike McCarthy because it seems like it's like, hey, this is what we're going with and we're sticking with it. We're going to ride it to the wheels fall off. And and that's that's not that's not going to win you ball games in, in the NFL, you know, especially with, with a bad defense. If you have a good defense or a decent defense, I think you're okay to do that because you know, hey, our offense is good enough to outscore guys. But when you're giving up, you know, 34, but they've given up at least 34 points a game every game since week two. Like I said, they gave yeah. up 20, they they played, they won, they lost 2017 to the Rams, but they've given up 34 points every game since then, at least. And you're not going to, I mean, you're going to be hard pressed to, to, to outscore teams like that. And now, especially without your superstar quarterback, you're definitely not going to have any shot, any shot to, to, to put up points like that. It's the fifth most uh, points allowed in league history the first six games and the first time since like 1980 that a team's allowed this many points. I thought it was like 1953, that little, that, uh, yeah, but I think there was a team in like the eighties that did it. Okay. The first one was in, um, they put up that little graphic yesterday, yeah. um, which is just insane. And they're the, this is the worst turnover margin they've had through six games since the expansion era team in 1960, which you would expect, mm-hmm. um, from that all. And I mean, it's not good. It is not, uh, it's not good out there. So the graphic here, it's loading. Uh, first team since 1961. So the uh, Raiders in 1961 had allowed 228 points, and then they were tied with the Giants in 1948, who allowed 218. Um, but yeah, just awful. And again, last night, the scary thing is, is that the, 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 the Cardinals, they didn't even play well on offense. They hit one bomb, and that was it. Like, Kyler was not – he wasn't good. They just took advantage of the turnovers like everybody does against the Cowboys. And they just couldn't score. They couldn't move the ball. And, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about Kyler here. We could get to him in a second or keep talking about Andy Dalton or what to do. Like, I'd, I don't know where you want to go with this, but it just was like everything bad that happened last night happened. And I almost think it's – a good thing that it did because then you could like fans could like temper expectations. Yeah. Because I heard Troy Aikman say this this morning on the radio. He was like, everybody complains about injuries during the week. Like, Oh, we got this guy out. The quarterback's out this and that. But once that game starts, expectations go right back up to if those guys are playing, mm-hmm. which is a good point. And there's no leeway when it comes to the uh, game time. But during the week, we'll talk about injuries. So I almost think it was a good thing last night. They didn't win, and they put out a clunker just to lower expectations of what this team actually is. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, I, I agree, you know, and it's, it sucks for, for Cowboys fans. That's what, what the case had to come to, but I think that's what they needed. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, 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 switching over to the Cardinals side, like you said, Kyler wasn't good, uh, 9 of 24. For 188 yards, and he had the the one long bomb to uh to uh, Christian Kirk for 80 yards, and then uh, so you take away that one long bomb for 80 yards, and then the other shovel pass. He's seven of 22 for 108 yards. Oh, you know, this how about this? Mate. The other pass to Hopkins. Hopkins ran like 50 yards after it. Yeah. So that catch and run. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. but, but then, you know, you look at the rushing numbers, they, they just absolutely could not do anything to stop the run. Kyler Murray had 10 of 70, 10 of rushes for 74 yards. Kenyon Drake obviously has the big 69, uh, nice rush there for, to put him over 164 yards and two touchdowns. But even you take away that, that, that 69 yard rush, he has 19 rushes for, uh, 95 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, like they, they weren't stopping the run yeah. at all. Yeah. 
you know, but uh, so, you know, that's still, I, I mean, I, th- I think it's still a pretty decent game there for, for bad, Kenyon yeah. Drake. So, I mean, they couldn't stop the run. Uh, Kyler Murray just couldn't get it done through the air. He even said in the post game with uh, with ESPN that he he needs to be better, and he's absolutely right. He just happened to to uh, you know face the Cowboys defense where they give up a lot of big plays. Zeke decided to cop the ball up a couple times, uh, and you know the the Cowboys were turning the ball over, so they were fortunate on that side of the ball. Andy Dalton had two interceptions of his own. I mean, you turn the ball over four times in an NFL game, and then you have that terrible, terrible defense. You are not going to win any ball games ever. Well, that one Dalton pick probably should have been a pass interference um, when Lamb fell down. Yeah, yeah, he did kind of get shoved. But still, I mean, yeah, I would agree there. Because the only reason it was picked off is because Lamb got fell to the ground. Yeah, but then early was on there. in the first quarter, Andy Dalton threw it to Jordan Hicks, and Jordan Hicks just dropped a pass. It would have been a pick six. Um, I mean, Buda Baker had the game of his life last night. He's that good. Guy, He's good. He is super. He is really good, highest paid safety in the league. He was all over the place. He was disrupting everything. Um, but yeah, the the like, do you think the Cardinals are good? Like, I think they're so looking at like the NFL. Know. So the NFL, I think there are like there's a lot of bad teams. There's a handful of good teams. And then I think there's teams at the next level that beat up on the bad teams will be competitive against the teams in that same... Like, I think the Cardinals, the Browns, the Bills are, like, in the same level of, like, playoff teams, like, potential playoff teams that aren't in that Super Bowl contender range. It's probably not going to win the division. Well, maybe the Bills just because the NFC East isn't very good. But, like, they'll all be beat up on the good teams and maybe can stay competitive against teams that are, like, better than that. Do you get what right. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so I think there's, like, tiers, and the Cardinals... Kind for me, kind of fall into that tier with like the Bills, the Browns. Um, who else? I got to put up the uh, I got to pull up the standings. Um, like the Colts, uh, I think Raiders. the Colts are bad. I think the Colts are bad. I don't think they're good. The defense is good, though. The defense is very good. That's the thing. And like they were down 21 nothing and came back against the Bengals, even though the Bengals are bad. But it's like those teams in there, like they're not going to win the Super Bowl, but they'll make the playoffs and maybe win the first game or something. I don't Right. Like, the, they're in there with the Panthers and, like, the four... I don't think the 49ers are that good, to be honest. I really don't. Um, so they're in there. Like, that cluster of teams. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I can't disagree with you. Yeah, they, they, they have been very Jekyll and Hyde this year. Uh, I mean, you look at their wins that they beat. They beat the 49ers out. You know, like, so you, you don't think they're very good. I think that's still... I think they're in that same tier as the Cardinals. Uh, but then they beat Washington, the Jets, and Dallas. You know what I mean? So they haven't beat good teams. And then they lose to Detroit and Carolina, who, you know, say what you will about Detroit. They, they, who knows what team you're getting week in and week out. And the Panthers, I think, are a good team. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they, 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 be, they beat up. They feasted on, on the team. They won the games they should have, which, you know, that's what you got to do. Uh, and then they have uh, lost to, to, you know, those teams that are, that are right there in the middle that you're kind of talking about. So I don't know. This, I think this would have been a good game. You know, they could have been a good game of for both these teams to kind of see what they are. And unfortunately for the Cowboys, that might have been the case. Is like this is what they are. Um, but for the Cardinals, I still don't know if if they if you know thirty eight points, you know thirty eight to ten is what they is how good they actually are because they were fortunate to have uh, those four turnovers, uh, you know, a couple big plays. And uh, and things like that, but then you can also make the argument: Hey, if Kyler Murray plays better, this game could be a lot, lot worse. So again, I don't know if you could really judge the Cardinals off of this, off of this game. But unfortunately for the Cowboys, I think, and you know, for the rest of the season, unless Andy Dalton improves, unless that defense somehow turns it around and Zeke stops coughing it up, this is this is who they are. And I know that's a lot of ifs, ands, or buts, but up to this point, you know, what have we seen that that's different? You know, other than Andy Dalton, obviously his first start, but Zeke's coughing it up constantly, and that defense is getting burned day in and day out. So you know. So there are pos- like the Cardinals, two things you could look at. What's their away record? They've already played four games on the road. They're three and one. And the only game they lost on the road was at Carolina, the cross country noon road trip or the one o'clock start. And then they have the second best point differential in the NFC. They're plus 54. Uh, the Buccaneers are first at plus 55. So, uh, I mean, they got the third, they got the fourth best point differential in all of football there. So, you could look at that if you look point differential is your thing. 
you could look at that and be like, all right, this team is. But again, it's good. against it's against bad teams, though. I mean, they beat Washington by 15, they beat the Jets by 20, and they beat the Cowboys by 28. I mean, I think that's what they're supposed. I think I think this week against this coming week against Seattle, we'll see if this team is, is yeah. going to be any good or not. I think that, and, and Seattle's defense isn't very good either. So I mean, that, yeah. those numbers could be inflated again. Uh, you know, yeah, but, but Kyler has to play better though. They're not going to win absolutely. if he goes nine of twenty-seven. That's the thing. Yeah, agree, agree. Or whatever yeah. you win, nine. If he completes nine passes, they're not going to win. Um, but yeah, so the Cowboys this week play Washington. We'll talk more about that, more about that game on Thursday. But I mean, this is this is a the whole division. I, the NFL needs to put an emergency rule in where if you have ten losses, you shouldn't be able to make the playoffs. Nope, absolutely not. I think they need to put that in. I, I I'm rooting for four and twelve to make. If somehow it's possible, I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for the least amount of wins out of the mm-hmm. NFC East as possible this year. Like I hope six and ten. I hope they're six and ten, and um, I hope they're six and ten, and like the Rams win the division, and Seattle has to play Dallas in the first round of the playoffs. Fly to Dallas to play play Dallas. Like yeah. I would, I want that or Green Bay to come down here, like just something like. I'm rooting for a really good team to have to travel and play a six and ten Cowboys team with Andy Dalton or a six and ten team in the playoffs. That would be Chef's kiss to me. I would love it. Yeah, I mean, whoever whoever it is, it, it's they're not going to be happy if they do have to. Uh, I mean, because I mean, the division winner is going to host a, a home yeah. game. So I mean, whoever it is, they're probably not going to be too thrilled about it. But uh, yeah, we'll see how it we'll see how it how it pans out. They're six and ten, host a playoff game. And then you lose in the first round, but since your record is six and ten, doesn't your draft pick fall in with the six and ten guys and not the playoffs, or is it with the? Where you no, yeah. When, once you make the playoffs, I believe you you immediately fall in that top twenty range. Oh, okay, well that sucks then, because I was like, you could you could like game <laughs> or or you know what I mean, twenty yeah, twenty yeah, after, like, yeah, 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 yeah. The uh, well now it'd be six, it'd be eighteen, I think, because there's fourteen teams make the playoffs. Yeah. Um. So I was like, man, you could maybe get like the top 15 pick and still make the playoffs. But I guess that's out of the question. That would be. That is. Out of the, yeah. That would be the triple winner. You get extra revenue from a game of a playoff game. You host it. And for the Cowboys, they probably have a sellout because they'd want the Corona record. Um, they just get everything going. Hey, hang the banner. Hang the division. Hang the banner again. The division hang champs banner. banner. Uh, did they, I don't I didn't see if they broke another record yesterday, though, but I assume they did. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. But uh, also, how was it that they only showed Jerry Jones in like the third quarter, like late in the third? Yeah, I, that's a little. I was a little disappointed in that. Let's see him. Let's see him when the train wreck's going on. Like, can we not get an ESP, ESPN Plus feed of just Jerry in the on camera like the whole time? Like, come on, I pay four ninety nine a month on ESPN Plus. I should be able to watch Jerry in like a split screen. Hey, shout out to him. He was actually wearing his mask when they showed him this time, though. So yeah, Stephen was not. And then, did you notice the next time they showed Stephen, his mask was on? Uh huh. Well, Stephen's mask was at his, was at his chin. Mm. And then the next time, hey, maybe he was eating or drinking. You never know. No, he just had his hand over his face because he had his hand over his face and was just like shaking. It was like Alonzo Mourning gif ask, like that, like that look, like just uh-huh. like how did we, how do we get here? Yeah. And then the next time he they panned over to him, he had his mask on, but uh. Uh, what do you think of the Monday night booth? I like Steve Levy. I think Brian Greasy isn't bad. Um, and I love Lewis Riddick. Lewis Riddick is probably my, my, one of my favorite ESPN personalities. So, And I think he offers a lot of insight to the game. I think Brian Greasy tries to be too big game Brian sometimes and like builds up the, the moment a little bit more than it needs to. Or maybe like... I don't know what the what the correct phrasing would be of what he tries to do in my, in my mind, but I I don't mind it at all. I like it. I yeah, I like Brian Greasy. I don't have a problem with Brian Greasy. Um, so I I don't mind it. It's much better than, even though I did like Joe Tessitore. It's much better than uh, Tess and Boog, and Wick. Um, but yeah, also here's some NFL breaking news. Two was named the starter. Wow. Yeah. Why? I I don't know. Interesting. I mean, they just came off a big time win, and and Fitzpatrick played pretty well. Well, they have a bye week this week. 
So they have a bye. They're prepping him going into the bye week. Uh, and then after the bye week, they face the Rams. So that's his. That's why they're doing it, I think. But that still doesn't make any sense, I guess. Uh, what's this? Fitzpatrick was playing. They got him three and three. Yeah. Second place in the division right now. Yeah. I guess they saw how he handed the ball off and threw that one pass, and it was pretty good. Two passes. Two passes. Two, two passes. Pass, two completions. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that. And then I did enjoy the uh, sad Cowboy fans shots at the end of the game. And shot Always. Shots at this guy that was practically in tears, and his girlfriend's, like, kissing him on the chin. That's a tough scene. Man. That is a tough scene. I <laughs> hope that guy's phone was blowing up with all his friends saying, you're you're a loser. You look like a little pansy. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Because that's exactly what he looked like. I was just like, are you kidding? Like, as much as I love Washington and as much as I, like, live and die with every thrown ball, you would never catch me looking like that ever in my life. Ever, ever, ever in my life. Looking like I was in tears crying. Like, it should With the just... backup quarterback. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, what did you expect? Like, that's the thing I don't understand is how can you get mad after that game when Andy Dalton was the star? Like, what did you expect? What did people expect from Andy Dalton? Like, I, I expected not- a little more. I expected more. I know, I know people probably expected a little more, but I still can't believe that people were like, Andy, like, this is not 2015 Andy Dalton. Right. This is 2020 Andy Dalton. Like, he's not good. I mean, he should be better than that. But I think also the Cardinals defense is pretty good. Yeah, but it's still just like, I mean, your hope, your your expectations should be so low with that. But the guy crying at a game in a global pandemic and his girlfriend kissing him on the cheek nonstop. I mean, that's he should he should hibernate for all winter long. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Delete all your social media. Yes. Like, just just hide away for a little bit, bro, because it's not looking good for you right now i mean he's uh, literally all over twitter all over everything it's just like yeesh tough look bet, big time i bet that guy woke up this morning and was like god i hope my friends aren't tagging me in the comments so my handle gets out there <laughs> like he yeah. probably checked the replies it was like please 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 check his notifications like please i really hope i'm not getting tagged here uh, they better be married too because if you're that girl's friends like like oh. you know, her her girlfriends yeah, you got to be like, what are you doing with that dude? Like, he's crying like a little five-year-old over his <laughs> shitty football team, and you're over there consoling him, and he's literally in tears. Like, good lord! Of a game that was over in the fourth quarter, it was thirty-one to three. Yeah, and it was like for the fourth quarter, it wasn't even anything. Oh, it was twenty-one to zero at halftime, wasn't it? Yeah, so the guy should have been prepared. Like, what do you yeah. think they're going to mount a uh, 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 charging comeback again? Like they like they did the previous time? I don't know. All I know yeah, is I, I got either. I got off the hook though because uh, uh, my roommate's girlfriend Teddy she had Christian Kirk and Michael Gallup in fantasy, and I was like she was like who do I start? I was like I don't know I think it's a toss up like you're like the Cowboys so why don't you just roll with Gallup? She was down twenty eight. Thankfully Christian Kirk only had twenty points so even if he would have gotten it yeah she was she was losing it anyway. The first touchdown was an eye roll. The long pass. Well, and the problem was I bet Christian Kirk over 75 receiving yards at like plus 300. So I was like, when he got that bomb, I was like, yes. Uh, and she was like, you told me not to play him. I was like, well, I, didn't, I thought he was going to get 75 yards. I didn't see two touchdowns coming. Right. Um, but I was, and then afterwards, I was like, hey, just think about it like this. Like, it would be more painful if Kirk had, had those 20 points in the first half and then he didn't catch a ball the rest of the game. You would be more upset. Yeah. And just Gallup literally dropping every, like getting that drop touchdown and then Dalton overthrowing it. Like, just, just, you weren't winning either way. Yeah. This just made it less stressful. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. But all right. What else around the NFL uh, do you want to talk about? Anything? Uh, Washington stinks. They go for two and they shouldn't have. They should have taken that game into overtime. Oh, that's the, okay. I want to talk about Romeo Cornell after you do this. Yeah, no. Uh, so yeah, that, I mean, that was that was, obviously I was locked into that game big time. Um, the Vikings stink. I don't know what their deal is, but they stink. Um, yeah, I thought the Vikings would be better. I don't know if the Browns are. I don't know. If, excuse me. The Browns aren't bad. I don't know if Baker Mayfield's your answer. I think. I think it's. I think his clock is ticking. 
we need I'm gonna give him look, I yeah, Sunday's game was definitely alarm bells. I also think they shouldn't have played him on Sunday. They should have started Keenum. I know I mean I don't think you're gonna win that game either way because the Steelers are the man Steelers defense is good. It was. It, it, yeah, they got a lot of pressure. The Browns' offensive line was poor. They didn't have wide teller. It was a big loss. But I think Baker's ribs were affecting him all week. He yeah. wasn't healthy. And it's like, okay, look, play Keenum, rest up Baker for the rest of the game. So I think we probably should have sat Baker. We should have definitely sat him the whole second half. But the thing about Baker is I think it's the same deal as, like, McCarthy of like, I think Freddie Kitchens destroyed Baker last year. Like, go back and watch some of 20, 2018 Baker. Uh-huh. That guy, where is that guy? Slinging it, stepping up in the pocket, like just throwing it all over the yard. Freddie Kitchens eviscerated that man last year. And now Stefanski, with no offseason, is trying to bring him back. Mm. So I need more. I, yes, this was not a bad. He's turned into a one-read guy right now, which is not great. But I think he could get back to that 2018 guy. I think it might just take some more coaching and comfortable. That's that's bad grammar right there, but in the system. Like, he needs to get more comfortable in the system. Yeah. Uh, but there are alarm bells that could be talked about further down the stretch. I'm, I'm not disagreeing. Like, I'm still holding out hope because we've I've seen what he can do. Uh, but yes, things are, uh, Matt Ryan trade to Browns is being talked about in Cleveland radio this morning. I'll really? Which, Hey, you know what? Him and that running offense don't hate it. That would be something. That yes. would be something. Um, but, uh, okay. So R- Romeo Cornell, I don't know I th- where you stand on this, but I think you know where I stand on this. So this got all the hot talk. Uh, on Sunday, they were up seven and they went for two with three minutes to go or two minutes ago, two and a half minutes ago. And people were like, why didn't he kick the field goal to set up, um, to set up, uh, the eight point lead. So they would, uh, so the team would have to go for two to tie it to the Titans. Mm-hmm. I totally disagree with that. I love what Romeo Cornell did. You are a one in four football team. You are literally saying, we score here, the game is over. There's no way the Titans are coming back to win. You're winning the game right there. Yeah. Your team has not stopped the Titans all day. So I don't understand why these people don't understand that he was playing. Is it the whole, what did Herm ever, you play to win the game. Romeo was playing to win. And Romeo Cornell is the last guy I would expect to go for two in that situation at 73. Mm -hmm. But that guy has saw the analytics light there. I just don't understand why people are just like, it's the same thing with Mike Zimmer last week of like, why not go like go for it? And like saying kick the kick the field goal to, to go up eight. Well, one, you're expecting the field goal is like an automatic, which it could not be. Mm-hmm. And you just call a quarterback sneak on fourth and one and hope he gets it. That was a bad play call. Like, I don't understand why these people are just so afraid to like make an aggressive play to win instead of like doing this the safe thing of like playing not to win and you probably losing the game. Like I don't, okay. I don't so, get why so aggressive that, nature, aggressive coaching decisions get criticized. They get criticized because they don't work. But if Romeo gets it, people will be like, "Wow, well, what a great call!" It's see, it's being aggressive but being smart. Um, you know what I mean? And and that situation of Romeo Cornell going for two, like you said, all but ends the game. Now we go over to the Washington Giants game. The the Washington defense had been stopping the Giants' offense all day long. They couldn't do anything against them. They got uh, uh, one touchdown off of a uh, off a, a scoop and score that that Kyle Allen coughed up. Washington also missed a field goal early in the game, so it's like there's like a 13 point swing there where we turn over the ball in short field position as well, and and they score. So you know there there was some things going on there. Uh, you know a couple of factors that didn't weren't indicative of what the score was. The way I look at the Washington case field goal you go to overtime and the way your defense has been playing you trust that defense to continue doing it whether you get the ball first you go down and score maybe so if you don't get the ball first you're trusting your defense that they're going to continue playing the way they have been the entire game so i think playing to win and playing for the win are two totally different things 
All, Ron, I agree. Ron Rivera was playing for the win, and I don't think that was the right call, whereas Romeo Cornell was playing to win. You know what I mean? And so I think yes. that's where they differ. So being aggressive and being smart, being aggressive in the, in the right way and being aggressive in the right, uh, in the right situation, I think that's when you get praise. Romeo Cornell, that, that had some, you know, he had some stones. And like you said, they're a one in four team going up against uh, a Titan or yeah, Titans team that's, that's four and one. That's when you do it or four and oh at the time. Or no, they are still four and They are, they are four and oh. That's when you do it. You don't do it against an 0 and five team. You don't, you don't try to play for the win against an 0 and five team. That's not, that's not the situation to do it. So I think being aggressive in the right situation and uh, you know, going for when when the odds are kind of stacked against you to you for you to situation. You know what I mean? So I think I think there's a big difference there, and that's why I like the I like the Zimmer call. Like I told, I I, I kind of fell on the on the line with the Zimmer call of of hey, kick the field goal, take the points, or go for it. I, yeah, I felt a little bit closer to the uh, to you know kick the field goal, but I did like the play by Romeo Cornell to go for two. Hated the call by Ron Rivera to go for two uh, and go for the win against the Giants. Yeah, so I look at the Romeo and Ron Rivera. I don't even those aren't even in the same realm of what I'm like even talk like those are two completely different, like you said, different situations. Yeah. Like as I didn't watch any of that game, but if you it's almost like in college, you know, it's like Texas OU last week. You're like, one of these teams should just go for two and try and win the game now instead of relying putting it in the defensive hands to hope to get a stop or you have to score a touchdown and then get it to like, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like there's that team, the underdog that is this, this is their last chance to win. They're not going to stop them. They're never going to stop them. Yeah. This is your best chance. Uh, in a 20 to 19 game, I don't know how you can go for two there other than saying, we're just going to try and win because uh, we don't want to play anymore, even though you're stopping them and you don't want to deal with overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't get that. But um, the Romeo thing, I don't understand how people are so surprised by that. But whatever, whatever. Um, it's just like he should be. Pra- I think he should be praised for what he did, and they just didn't execute. Mm-hmm. And so be it. And then look, they still went to overtime. They just lost the toss. So you you could still go to overtime. It's not like it's like six. You're up six, going for two. And then you're going to lose on the extra point. And with Goskowski, it's not like that extra point is a gimme with him kicking. Right. So you could say you could miss that too. But I thought the the Romeo thing I wanted to ask about. Um, I see on Twitter someone brought up a good point of uh, they're they're benching Fitzmagic Fitzpatrick now in Miami. So then a quarterback needy team could trade for him if they want to make a playoff push before two weeks. But is it? But I mean, is there a t- playoff? Is what quarterback needy team? That's going to make the playoffs would take Fitzpatrick over what they have now. The Dallas Cowboys. That would be wild. Just throwing it out there. Think about it. Fitzpatrick for Andy Dalton straight up. I mean, that could possibly be. Right. I don't know about it. Wouldn't you feel better with Fitzpatrick and those weapons than Dalton after one game? I mean, he's winning with Preston Williams and Devontae Parker as receivers. Yeah. I'm just saying. It's, it's definitely something to ponder. It is something to ponder, that's for sure. And it's Jerry. Yeah, but that's, that's the thing. Like I, right there, like Jerry isn't making a play for Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's going to go see if he can get Matt Ryan or Sam Darnold or something. Stafford. Or Matt Stafford. But the thing is then, here's the thing. He, I think Jerry still wants Dak. So next year. So why would you trade for one of those guys with bigger contracts towards right, the end yeah. of it? Yeah, so no. it's a one-year thing. Yeah. Hey, it's out there. If it happens in two weeks, you, you heard this straight up here first. Just, just remember people out there. Who said it first? Dwayne Haskins is still out there too, people. Dwayne Haskins, yeah. Maybe they should trade for him. They should probably start him instead of Kyle Allen. That's see that was that was my biggest thing. We're sitting there with Joe, I was sitting there watching the game with Joe, and I look at him. I say, "You're telling me Dwayne Allen can't, or excuse me, Dwayne Haskins can't do this? He can't. He can't do what exactly what Kyle Allen's doing? Like ridiculous, so stupid." Yeah. Uh, all right, moving on before we get to the World Series. Anything in college that caught your eye this weekend? God, uh, when are you going to apologize to me? I'm not for, apologizing to for you for telling you Mississippi State stinks. 
And the you, defense has been good. The offense has just gone to garbage. I don't understand that. I thought it was going to be the other way around. I mean, I they are garbage. The offense has turned to garbage. The defense has been shockingly pretty good. I, t- I thought the, the Mississippi State was going to be like the Cowboys. Score a bunch of points this year and give up a bunch of points. It has been the opposite. They can't score to save their lives after the first game. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I just, I'll be kindly waiting here for my apology when it's you decide to, to, to come around and tell me how I was dead on week one and you went on your, you threw your little hissy fit saying, how dare I? And when I'm all along, all along, Ryan was right. Mississippi State stinks. They're not any good. They're frauds. I, I thought KJ Costello was going to be something he wasn't after week one, but it turns out LSU just isn't any good. So that, that deep. Defense isn't any good, so we'll go ahead. And, we'll, we'll go ahead. We'll go ahead and chalk one up in all in all Ryan's column there. So uh, you know, I, I hit the nail on the head on that one. Finally, getting one right. Congratulations. Finally, please. I mean, look, I there's a lot of people out there that are questioning the Sam Ellinger take. Do you still stand Who? on that? I stand by. I had that conversation this weekend with numerous people. And do they agree with you? Name names. Send me, give me some receipts. Who, who's questioning that out there? Is it Brian? Is Brian questioning well, me? He's one of them, but there's also a lot of other people questioning it. These All are right. face-to-face conversations, not over text messages conversations. Sam, you said, okay, you said Sam Ellinger. Tell me this. Tell me this. A- would, Sam, would Sam Ellinger have had a better performance than Andy Dalton yesterday? No. Yes. No. Absolutely. Oh, the whole thing is you said I would take Sam Ellinger in the fourth round, and then you said he's better than Derek Carr. Yeah. How can the guy be taken in the fourth round and then be better than Derek Carr right off the jump? If he's better than Derek Carr, you take him in the first round. No, I don't think Derek Carr's any good. Thursday, I'm bringing a list of quarterbacks because I meant to do it today, but I was doing other research. I'm listing the name of quarterback. It's still the most insane take of ever. Your people are agreeing with – well, you're in Austin. That's a clouded – No, 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 no. No, it was – I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't looking for people to agree or disagree. I was just. I just had that conversation. What did they say? And they. I mean, some people were like, "Yeah, I mean, he's. He, we'll see. You know, he's going to be pretty good. I think." Blah blah. Like there was. There was a little bit of a mixed bag. But I'm. I'm standing by it. I'm standing firm. This is like the college team beating the Jets this year. It's just not happening. That's not. Yeah. I mean, but but Sam Ellinger is a pro quarterback. I think he's good. Um, I think that's he, different than saying he's better than Derek Carr. He's better than Derek Carr. I would take him over Derek Carr right now. I think that's crazy. I think that is just. Are you taking Are you taking Joe Flacco or Sam Ellinger? Joe Flacco. Oh my God, that guy hasn't that guy hasn't been good since 2008. I know he's got nothing in the bag, but he's better than Sam Ellinger. Nah. I mean, I just you're now turning me into a Sam Ellinger hater, which I'm not. Sounds like it. I have been planting the Sam Ellinger flag. When you were on the Shane Bouchelle Hill. Sam Ellinger or Gardner Minshew? Gardner Minshew. Okay, you're just, you're just going to pick every pro quarterback, so this game's not even fun. I mean, you're just going to pick, pick every pro. There's zero chance in hell that you're taking Gard. If you have a choice right now for the Browns, Baker Mayfield breaks both his legs. He's done for his career. You're taking Gardner Minshew over Well, I'm taking Case, Case Keenum because he's on the roster. That, wasn't, that wasn't a choice. That wasn't a choice. Yes. You're high. Yes. So you obviously are a Sam Ellinger hater. No, I'm not. Yeah. I think he's a really good college quarterback. I don't think he's a step-in-the-door starter from day one in the NFL. I think he could be. I disagree. Well, that's where we disagree. I don't think – so you're pretty much putting him you, – you're pretty much putting him in the same level of Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, of saying you draft him, this guy is your starter from day one, and you're winning football games. I That's put, what it sounds like to me. No, because, you know, I think Trevor Lawrence and, and Justin Fields, unfortunately for them, are going to go to a couple bad franchises that, that they're okay. not going to be able to do that. But, th- but that's beside the point. You put if – you, if, if, you t- if you take Sam Ellinger in the first round, it's probably smarter to do it in those late picks, 20 through 30, where a team that's you know, pretty decent already and they're just missing a quarterback and he's going he's gonna to be successful. The Patriots. Yeah, better than Jarrett Stidham. Give me, give me Sam Ellinger over Jarrett Stidham. I mean, I'm not big on Stidham, but I'll go with a guy that Bill likes. Like, I just, I am just crazy that you think that he's a plug and play from day one. 
I think he is. All right. We'll have to see. You're telling me right now. Now, it's a little it's a little convoluted because I don't think Indianapolis is any good. But you put Sam Ellinger in place of Phil Rivers, that seems a lot better. No, they're not better. Yeah. Phillip Rivers cannot throw downfield. Who's their biggest weapon? T.Y. Hilton. What's he do? Great. Run the go route. And Phillip Rivers cannot complete that pass to him. They're four and two. Because their defense is good. So still, they, they came back from 21 points the other day. To, uh, for, to the Bengals. That's still coming. That's still an NFL team. With Joe Burrow on the other side who lit him up in the first half. I'm telling you, I still, I mean, I want to know who, I want to know. Brissett? Mm, I might take Jacoby over him right now. No, you know what? I'm going to die on this hill. Give me Sam Ellinger. <laughs> I'm going to die on this hill. I just want to know who, who, who's, who's, who's running their mouth about my takes. I, it better not be the guy ask, begging for TikTok views because that doesn't even no, count. No, not him. I haven't brought that up to him. I haven't <laughs> brought it up to him yet. I haven't brought it up to him. All right. Then we're, then we're good. Um. I'm just looking up his numbers this year to see what's. I, I had a great, I... I had a great QB comparison this weekend that I thought of, and I and I can't remember who it was, of who I can, who I thought of, of who he could be or who he kind of is. I mean, I think Sam Ellinger is, is I think a, a decent comp is like a Ryan Tannehill. I think Tannehill's probably a better thrower. A little bit, a little bit. So the whole thing where you lose me on this is saying like he's better than Derek Carr. I you know I like that's where you lose me on this. Okay, that's fine. Because I mean Derek Carr is pretty good. So where would you rank Derek Carr in the NFL? Top fifteen quarterback in the league? Uh, he's probably probably in that twenty to thirty range. Okay, then you're just you're really well on him then. I'll bring I'll bring I'll bring my I'll I'll bring my list of starters. How do you want me to do it? Week one starters or guys that started this past week? Week one starters, because you could say injury guys. Yeah, okay. So I'll, I'll bring my list of week one starters, and we'll see where he ranks, and I'll show you where Sam Ellinger slides in there. All right. All right, well, be, look, be on the lookout for that on Thursday. Oh, yeah. Uh, Make but, sure you uh, remind me to do it, though, too. I, I'll, text <laughs> you. I'll text you. I'll text you tomorrow. All right, and then Bama, uh, Georgia. Uh, close for the first half. Uh, so watched the whole first half. Came back from caddying on Saturday. Uh, we caddy in the afternoon. So watched the whole first half. Sat down in the chair. The second half. I guess I fell asleep in the third quarter on the chair. And I woke up at the start of the fourth quarter. And Georgia was down like 10 points. Or what are they down? 14 or something? Yeah. I was like, how did that happen? It looked like Georgia was like moving the ball on them. And then they got shut out. And the, the game was over, and Alabama did their thing. But uh, I don't think it's a surprise that Alabama won, um, and then they pulled away in the second half. How about, how, about, how about Nick Saban testing positive on Wednesday and then miraculously being negative on Saturday? Well, as they said, it was a false positive. Yeah, that's what I assumed they would say. Well, okay, so I'm not trying to carry the water. Yes, that is sketchy, but they said that he didn't have any symptoms, and then he tested – he got another test on Wednesday, I think that was negative. Two tests on Thursday that were negative. So he took like five tests before Saturday and they were all negative. Uh -huh. So based on the SEC protocols, that would be a false positive. Okay. So he took like five tests before that. So it wasn't like he just took one more test and they're like No, I know I did I knew he took he had taken three tests because that's you have to have three straight negatives, right? To yeah. to be able to play uh, or coach. So that I figured. But it was just a little, little fishy for me. It is typical Bama. I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not denying that. I'm not denying that. Um, well, how about Dan Mullen? Yeah. You well, I mean, like I said, his, his wife is kissing all the players, and he goes home and kisses his wife. What do you expect? Well, the only problem with Dan Mullen is, is that it would have been funnier if he tested positive for the Rona after they had 90,000 people in this Yeah, game. after they filled the swamp. Yes, that would have been pretty funny. But, the biggest uh, – Biggest shock for me, if you would have asked me to put a stone-cold lock of the week on this week, it would have been North Carolina covering against Florida State, blowing them out. And I don't know what the hell happened. I didn't watch any of the game. I was following it on my phone, um, and that was not the case. They lose Isn't outright. Isn't that typical college football, though? Like, Didn't North yeah. Carolina have a big win last week, the week before? Uh, maybe. 
and they were just like, all right, we're feeling good. We're playing a pushover on the road. Yeah, they beat Virginia Tech last week, 56-45. Okay, that was a big game. There was top 20 matchup. And you're just like, all right, we're, our offense is rolling. We're only 14-point favorites on the road against Florida State. Like, why is that number so low? Uh, yeah. That, is, that was pretty surprising. And then the Big Ten starts this week. I'll yeah. tell you what, though. It seems like college football is hanging on by, like, a thread still. Doesn't it? I was gonna say probably for you. There's probably a, l- a lot more fans that are that are way more invested in it. It's, I mean, it's it is still weird. It's weird to see these teams that haven't played like you know, and no fault of their own. Like Ohio State and Penn State ranked in the top ten when they haven't played yet. Oregon is a, in the AP poll, you know, top twelve team. So it's it's uh, it's strange to see that, but you know, I, I think you have to have played a game to be able to be ranked. Because um, why we're not is in Auburn ranked? They they shouldn't be after this. They're terrible. Yeah. Oh, they're not. Never. Yeah. Okay, good. They're not. It's not that I'm like, it is weird seeing a 0-0 team like ranked fifth. But it's also, well, I mean, we're getting four games canceled a week. Yeah. Like a minimum. That's the thing. And now you're running into conferences that are starting and they don't have any bye weeks. So where are we going to make up these games and all that? I don't know. It's just, I, I assume they're going to get the season done, but the whole playoff debate is going to be a whole... Fiasco. Yes, fiasco this year. All right, to the World Series. Did you sell your tickets yet? No, I'm going. I'm going to go to the game. <laughs> I, I thought on when we got done talking on Thursday, he's going to turn around and go. Yeah, I'm going. I think you have to go. It's, when are you going to go to another World Series? That, and that, yeah, exactly. And, like, you know, I, was, I saw the, the resale prices, and I was like, shit, man, I could make, you know, X amount of money. I could make 4X of what I spent. But I was like, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, what does it really matter? You know, I had already told my brothers I got tickets, and so I was going to take them. And so when I told them I was selling it, they were all they were all bummed out about it. So then I was like, ah, screw it, let's just go ahead and go. So we're going to go um, and uh, and check it out there to uh, tomorrow. Yeah. All right. We'll have, hear that on Thursday. What do you think about the uh, series? This is the, I, this is the uh, hold on, sorry. Um, but for everything about chaos in the playoffs, we got the two best teams in each league. Yeah. So, what does that really mean? It worked out, yeah. Um, I think I think this, I think the I'm surprised that the Dodgers are the favorites. I think the Rays um, should be the favorites. I like their starting pitching a little bit more. I love their bullpen. Um, I think obviously the Dodgers have a little more pop in their lineup, but the Rays kind of get it done in the nitty gritty way. Um, you know, other than uh, the ALCS MVP, uh, his name's escaping me right now. Randy Arizona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the guy that like the greatest hitter in baseball. Yeah, the guy with the boots. Um, boots McGee is what I'll call him. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, I like, like I said, I like the way they they get it done. So I think they're the, I think they're the, uh, the uh, favorite there. I was bummed. I was hoping Walker Bueller was going to be starting game two. He's not. I don't know who's starting game two yet. He's starting game three. But Kershaw is starting game one. Is I mean, he's got to be on a short leash, right? Okay, so I went back and looked at the numbers this year for Kershaw because I want to check out the old betting markets. First inning, two score runs, the Rays are plus 340. Really? And you're thinking at first glance, like, Kershaw in the playoffs. Like, I have to take that. Mm. But I went back and looked. Kershaw this year in his starts, he had three playoff starts, did not allow a run in the first inning of any of those playoff starts. And he only he made six starts in the regular season. He allowed one run in the first inning, and that was at Coors Field against the Rockies. So Kershaw, where he starts getting haywires in like the fifth inning or the sixth inning, like he got after they turn the lineup around a couple times. And I think on against the Braves the other night, when the back spasms, I think the back was probably getting a little tired. You should have probably just said, "Hey, he's going five. We're we're happy with it and getting out of there." So I think I'm still going to take the Rays to score in the first inning, just because if I don't, they're going to do it, and I'm going to be really mad that I didn't get it and. When I bet it, they're not going to score, and I'll just be like, well, I just had to do it because it was such good value. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I would say Kershaw's got to be on a short leash, but usually his problems are, are innings five or six, like when he's seen the lineup a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I think they should – The only why they're not starting Walker Bueller on three days rest is because he'd, he'd be on three days rest game two. But I think they're making oh, yeah. a mistake. 
They should start yeah. them on three days. The Dodgers are really got a bad spot starting second and then having to go game seven with having a day less of rest. Mm-hmm. Because you start Bueller in, on game two, you get him normal rest for game five and the potential to pitch for game seven. You start him game three, he's normal rest for game six and on no days rest if you want him out of the pen for game seven. Yeah. So I think they should pitch him on three days rest tomorrow. Say, hey, five innings, we get the off day. On Wednesday, we, or on Thursday, we can burn the bullpen, have the off day, get everybody rested. You're on full rest for game five. And then if we get to a game seven, we can bring you out of the pen for that on two days rest, and which would be a bullpen session. Right. But I guess I'm just a guy, not the manager, trying to figure out to maximize my best players going into the end. How many times can I get these guys to pitch instead of what we're going to – if I can get them on normal rest uh, – Twice, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think that yeah, the Dodgers' issue, I think, is their starting pitching because they're they're really lacking that that third big time starter. I think because I mean, say what you will about Charlie Morton, dude's been electric right now for for Tampa Bay. So they got three big time guys, and then he handed over that bullpen. He got five guys throwing eight triple digits. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then he got uh, he got uh, Castillo coming in and closing it out with that filthy slider. You know, he can he can burn it in there too. So uh, yeah, I'd like the Ra- I would say the Rays in six. I think the thing, too, about the Dodgers is, remember, David Price opted out. Yeah. He's their three No, guy. I know. Yeah, no, so, I know. like, we're thinking about this, and it's like, oh, he's our three guy, but uh, he's not playing. So, I like Dustin May. I just think they're using him in, like, a weird way. They are. I mean, sometimes he's a starter. Sometimes he's coming out of the bullpen. Sometimes he's an opener. You know, it's just, yeah. He's pitching on one day of rest. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, He's he's gonna fail because you're not putting him in a way to succeed. Like he's the he's the young guy. Go throw the young guy out there. See, just throw it hard and see what happens. Yeah, like I like him. Like just make him be the starter. And then, yeah, no, I like him a lot too. Like have him pitch, have him be like an opener. I guess you can use him maybe a couple times. I I don't know. I don't think they're using him in the best way. But uh, I'll take the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers. Look, if there's ever a year they're gonna win it, it's gonna be this one. Um, so. I think the Dodgers will get it done. I think it's going seven, though. Okay. Uh, there. All right. Anything else as we close out here? Do so you think Kershaw's going to be pitching game seven? Uh, no, it would be ever starts game three, but I think he will pitch in game seven. Okay. How about this? Kershaw closes it out at home in game seven. And gives up the bomb to lose it? No, I said closes it out to win. <laughs> That would be pretty awesome. That would be. Going into Dallas. Like, the, yeah, that, yeah, that would be. That would be pretty cool. I, he's 32, too. Think about that. He's been in the – he's pitched 12 seasons. I was going to say, technically, this should be like his prime. You know, you see a lot of guys. You see like Roy Halladay. You think like a guy like Cliff Lee, CC Sabathia. A lot of times, pitchers hit their prime, you know, 29, 30, 31, 32. That's like their prime years. Well, you got the back injury. Yeah, I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's what sucks. Uh, do you want to hear a funny caddy story from the weekend? Let's hear it. All right. So I was caddying for uh, Dr. Lissy, Anthony Lissy, who I've mentioned before. I caddy for him like every time he goes out there when I'm available. So they had they have this tournament, this college tournament at Merido this weekend, or today ends today, started Sunday. They had like a sponsorship pro am. So they played with the kid from Texas, Travis Vick. His wife played, his dad played, and his son, who's nine or ten. Jack played as well. Kid's a really good golfer. Uh, counting down the years until I'm caddying for him on tour. We got eight years to go. Okay. Uh, so throughout the round, Jack is hilarious. Because uh, like, kids say the darndest things. So he'll just say whatever's on his mind. Like doesn't really care on the golf course. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on like the second hole of the day, he was like, all right, Warren, need a good read here which is what the members say when I was around. And his mom and dad just started dying laughing. And he just kept peppering me like every couple of born. All right, need a good read here. Need a good read here. And it was so funny that, and they were laughing at me and they were looking at me like, I'm like, what? It's, I'll play along with it. I don't care. Yeah. It's a 10 year old kid, but it is funny having a 10 year old kid hear you. And then he didn't say it for a while. And then on the last hole, they, they needed like a putt to win. They ended up, winning the scramble or the shamble, whatever it was. And on the last hole, he was like, all right, Warren, you gave me a good read on the last hole. Let's get another one here. And I just, his dad was standing right next to me. I just 
I had like the biggest smile on my face, just like chuckling. And his 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 dad had to turn towards the water and was like laughing. And uh yeah, I think he he made it. He made the putt. Uh, of course he did. It was just so funny all day. If an ear a ten year old say, "All right, need a good read here." That is funny. That uh, is funny. Yeah, but the kid's super. I'm not. The kid is super nice, and he just wanted to do it because like he heard his dad do it. Yeah, he his grandpa do it. It's not like always oh, this like. He's yeah. super nice kid. Like, he was doing it to be funny. He was doing it because he wanted to be like his dad and his grandpa. Oh, That's okay. How, oh, okay. I see. Like, I see. Yeah. Be like, all right, Warren. What do you got here? Like, yeah. Like do that. Like. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like he was, yeah. I just to like be someone that's taken a caddy before is what it was. Yeah, that's I got what you. It was. Uh, so he was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" Or whatever. So it was pretty funny. And then he was like, "Oh, hey, thanks for." He texted me like later. Then he goes, "Thanks for putting up with us." I go, "There's no putting up. This is easiest. This is the easiest thing ever." Right. It's awesome. But it was hilarious. I'm like, I'm still laughing about it and stories for a while. So that was. Uh, I'll hear from a ten year old like. Looking down on him. All right, yep, right there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was very funny. All right, so we'll be back on Thursday uh, to preview the Washington Dallas game. I mean, it's for the division lead. It is. It's pretty crazy. Right back in it, baby. Right back in it. <laughs> Anybody's right back in it, I guess. I mean, the Eagles. We could talk about it more then, but they got. Have you seen their offensive too deep? Yeah. Got like two guys healthy. Yeah. I mean, you're in a worse spot than anybody else. But uh, all right. We'll be back then. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Talk to you guys on Thursday.